0: Well, it's great to see you today and so excited that you could be joining us for worship. And I got my friend Jr. up here. A lot of you know him, but uh, and I'll, I'll kind of talk about why he's here in just a few minutes. But today we, we continue on with this series we call People Skills and really discovering how do we become more like Jesus as we look at the character and the nature of who Jesus is what are the character traits that as we grow in our spiritual walk that we should be developing? And one of the things that's just so important is that we've got to know that we are created for community. And we, we really, we th- we're meant to thrive in relationships with other people. And today we're going to be talking about hospitality. And, and nobody really does that better than Jesus and a great example for us. But we're going to be kind of digging into the idea of, of sharing our lives with other people inviting them into our into our space into our time into our homes and and the thing is the truth is I think that hospitality is something that a lot of us struggle with and and not necessarily because we're inhospitable people but because I think we just confuse or we struggle to understand what hospitality really is and I'm going to argue today that you know we got a lot of problems in in our country and in our world and just a lot of things that have come out through this pandemic and and we're seeing just weird things come out of us it's like where did this come from and and I'm going to argue that a lot of the issues in our world really really would be solved if we as a church could be the hospitable people that we're called to be if we could practice hospitality in a way that really I believe that it, it could change the world and it definitely would change the lives of people around us. And Jesus gives us lots of instruction about this. So I'm going to set this up a little bit and, uh, and talk about really the, the why of hospitality. Why would we do this and, and hopefully tear down some of the myths and, and uh, Jr. And, and his family uh, really do this better than, than a lot of people that I know. So I'm going to have him share in just a few minutes. But what I am going to say when, when we talk about this, I need you to understand from the outset, I'm not talking about finding some spare time. You know, no, anybody got some spare time out there? I don't know anybody that's got any spare time. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got a job, I've got a wife, I've got three kids, we've got stuff going on and places to be. I, I don't have much spare time, really, and, and the precious little spare time that I have, I kind of want to spend it with my family. And and so the, the idea of hospitality, sometimes is hard because it's like, well, how do I find the time to do that? And then it, there's the, the question of, of am I am I enough? Do I have enough? And I think that's really one of the things that keeps us from this. Is we we think, well, my house isn't big enough, or we you know I don't cook good enough, or I don't have enough whatever. There's just a list of not enoughs, and that keeps us from that. But but I'm not talking about that. Not, I think that, uh, and I'm going to talk about that in just just a moment. But I came across a tweet this past week I thought was hilarious on Twitter. Somebody put. You know, no one talks about the miracle of Jesus having 12 close friends in his 30s. Mm. I thought that was pretty good. You know, I, and I feel that. I'm in my 30s. I know it can be a struggle to really find those connections. And where am I going to get the time? And how am I going to do this? And, and, and what I want to challenge us with is to experience something new and something really good. We do that when we invite people into our life. Not trying to get our life to some perfect place we think it has to be, but inviting people into our actual life. And the secret to that is just two simple words. It's open up. We've got to open up. Relationships are just better when we open up our calendars, we open up our homes, we open up our lives. Hospitality is, is not just a way of being with people in a space. It's actually a way of living. It's a lifestyle, and the Bible has a lot to say about that. So we're talking about people skills. Look at what Jesus has to say about that. I want to look real quick at a passage of Scripture in Matthew 25 where Jesus talks about this issue. He says that when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered in his presence. This is is at the end. This is the end of, of time. It says that he'll, he'll separate the people as a, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Say, you, you guys got it. You, know, you got it. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For when I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then the righteous ones, that group that he said, hey, you guys got it, you, you did it, well done. says, they will then reply, Lord, when? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? This is not making sense. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it for one of the least of these of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. There's something about hospitality that it's more than just relationships with each other. It's more than just, hey, come over and let's let's eat together. There's some spiritual element to this that that the Lord Jesus is saying, hey, when you do this, when you practice hospitality, you're doing it directly for me. And this is what what I really hope that you'll understand today. What we're we're discussing, this this isn't optional. This isn't like one of those spiritual gifts that well some people are hospitable but others are not you know some of us are better some of us we've got the place for you know they they love to throw a party they got the you know they got the backyard they've got the swimming pool they got the the nice grill but but the rest of us don't we are just waiting to be invited to one of those places you know this this is not an optional thing this is a spiritual practice and and i'm gonna push here it's an expectation of those of us who follow Jesus, those of us who have said, yep, I, I'm in. I am following after the Lord. This is an expectation on your life from Jesus. He says, I'm going to look at you and say, when you did this, these things, you did it for me. Now, something you've got to know, and J.R. is going to speak a little bit more about this, is that hospitality doesn't just happen. It's not, it's not an accident. Uh, it, is, it is an intentional thing. It's something that we plan. And, and we, we've got to be strategic. And let me just tear down a little myth that I believe surrounds this subject. I said one of the things that I think really uh, I think holds us back, a barrier to hospitality, the, the not enoughs, right? Hospitality is not the same thing as entertaining. Mm-hmm. Now inter- entertaining, there's a time and a place for that. Some of you throw parties, and that's awesome. I hope that I get an invite this summer. I love the pool. And uh, whatever, you know, I, I love that kind of stuff. But hospitality, that's not hospitality. We, we sort of confuse the two. And, and we think, that, well, isn't that what it is? Like, I've got, to, I've got to make a four-course dinner and, you know, everything's got to be in place. And, and i tell you, my wife and I, Megan and I, we, we're still growing through this. I, I'll be the first to admit. There's some things that, that I feel like, hey, I, I can do that pretty well. And then there's other things I struggle with. Hospitality is one of them for me. Because Megan and I love to entertain. So we like having people over, and we like to show people a good time. And, but when we do, we're like, hey, let's clean the house. All right, let's make sure the grass is mowed. And we got, uh, you know, the weeds are pulled. And, hey, we're going to, oh, come on over because I got some good food that we're going to make. And I just want people to have a good time. Like, I want people to come over and have a good time. And so it's difficult because you can't do that all the time, right? It's, there's always limitations to that. Hospitality, that's, that's not that. There's a, there's a major difference and. And I'll give you an example of this. Because hospitality is just inviting someone into your life right now. Not, not okay, when, when we get the living room painted. Or not, okay, Well, when I, you know, we, we come into a little more money and then we're going to throw a big party because i got to buy all the food. That's inviting someone into your life right now at this moment in your life. I've got a friend up the street that uh, a couple years ago. He invited me up to his house. He said, hey, Louisville's playing football. And he said, why don't you come up to the house and hang out with me? And he hung a bed sheet up on the side of his house. He had a projector out in the backyard. And he was showing the game right on the side of his house. And uh, he's smoking a cigar, drinking some bourbon or whatever. He says, "You come on up and watch the game with me. So I did. Had a great time just hanging out, talking about sports and just being dudes out there in the backyard watching the football game on the side of his house. And, uh, and after it was over, he's like, man, thanks so much for the invite. I love that. It was a great time. And he, he told me, he said, now, Brandon, every time that Louisville's playing, if it, as long as it's not raining, I'm going to be out here with the game on, projected on the bed sheet. I'll be smoking my cigar. You just come on up here. You just walk on up the road anytime you want. You're, you're, you're just free to come watch the game with me. I'd love to have you hang out. That's hospitality. That's the invitation into life. And it's not about finding spare time. It's about inviting people into your life, into your home, into your time right now. So it's, hey, we're making dinner tonight. Got a little extra. Why don't you come over? Or, hey, we're going to be sitting out on the front porch this evening. That's a beautiful day. Going to crack open some, some drinks, whatever. Why don't you come on up and hang with us? Or, hey, I'm going golfing next week. We need somebody else, hey, wants you to come along. That's hospitality, inviting people into your life right where you are. Romans 12 says this. This is so important. It says, don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Hate what's wrong, hold tightly to what's good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Just good life skills, man. Just good practical advice. It says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in your trouble and keep on praying. And when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And I love that it says, includes the word practice because we don't all get this, you know, as I said, I'm still practicing, I'm still working on this. And we, we ought to be a people that are practicing continually, how do we do this hospitality? Now, I'll tell you, before I let Jr. talk a little bit, uh, there's an author, this lady named Rosaria Butterfield. And her, her story is so interesting, it's, it's really a tremendous testimony. But when she was younger, she, uh, she was an atheist, and she was a lesbian, and she was very anti-church, very anti-God. Now, I don't have any room for this in my life at all. And there was a couple in her life, this Christian couple, that invited her over for dinner once a week. They said, hey, we're going to be cooking. You know, we'd love to have you come over. Just come out and eat with us, hang out. And they were so loving and so gentle. and all, So she'd go every week, would go over to their house and have dinner. And they weren't, you know, they, were, they weren't uh, pressure or anything like that. They weren't trying to beat her over the head with the Bible. They are just loving her and, and inviting her over for dinner. But they were willing to have honest conversation about God and the Bible and God's intentions for relationships and all that sort of stuff. And she said there's, there are times that she would leave their house. She said, I was so angry. I said, I am never going to go back there ever again. I'm never going back over to their house because they've ticked me off. But the next week, she'd end up going back again, you know, free food or whatever. Just the, just the, the gentle nature, the hospita- the warm hospitality of these people. She would go back every week. And over time, she ended up giving her life to Jesus. And she left that lifestyle. She ended up actually marrying a man who's a pastor. And they started a family together. And she's a Christian author and has written some wonderful books. One of them is called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Mm-hmm. I really like the title of that. But I was listening to something she said uh, just this past week, she said that hospitality is ground zero for the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. If we can't get this right, we're sunk. Hospitality really—it it belongs to the church. God has created us, wired us for relationships. He's formed us to thrive in relationships, and He said that we have to, we must be diligent about practicing hospitality, opening up our space, opening up our lives. And he says, when you do those things, when you've invited the stranger and when you've fed the hungry, when you've done these wonderful things for another, it's as if you did it for me. What would it look like in our lives, if our neighbors and our community, and all the people around us, if they knew that we care about them? Even if we don't see eye to eye on some things. You know, I know we got differences of opinions on politics and social issues and all kinds of things. I know that we're different because we've we got different backgrounds and different stories. But what if, regardless of all that stuff, if everybody around us knew that we were people that care about them? Even in spite of our differences, that we wanted to know them, we wanted to, to listen, and we wanted to put our differences aside to just show some love. Now, there's a lot of people in our church that do this really, really really well, but as I mentioned, one that, that I, I know and love and appreciate is J.R. and his wife, Heather, their family. Uh, they, they show hospitality, uh, and they're very, very intentional about this, and I've seen it firsthand, and so that's why I wanted to invite him to, to come up today and really just talk about what does that look like practically, and uh, so, J.R., what, what can you tell us today I, about this?
1: Uh, I can tell you, if you've been here for the past few weeks, you've heard my name from stage quite a bit, and... Uh, Evidently, uh, I, the, one, the one comment I made on the driving range has revolutionized the pastor's golf swing. It has. Yes. So, and, and if you really want to know what that phrase was that I told him, I stood behind him and I went, "Hey, dum-dum, your hands are too low. Hold them up." <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't give me the golf credit. People were coming up after the sermon. They're like, hey, "You know, I, I stand like this when I golf. How should I do that?" And I'm like. I'm not your guy, man. I made one comment and it evidently it stuck and it worked.
0: So now J.R. and I play for dollars.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm getting wealthier by the day.
1: And I I I found out I'm a I'm a I'm a better uh, uh, golf coach than I am a student. So yeah. I can't learn from my own teachings. But yo, know, hospitality is something that 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 really just does come natural to me. I was talking to Brandon uh, a little uh, a couple days ago, we're kind of chatting through the sermon and what do we want to do? How do we want to make this interactive? And I said, Brandon, I got I to gotta share a moment of authenticity with you a little bit. I said, as, as much as I understand uh, hospitality and, and, and you say it kind of exudes from the family, I said, I can't, I can't get in touch with the other side of the individual that doesn't know how, like they just, they're just completely held off, like I don't even know how to be hospitable. I, it, it's completely foreign to me. It's just born into who I am as an individual, as someone who God's made, and then just as a calling, as, as, as a disciple to go. I mean, hospi- hospitality really is the, 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 the basis of what the church should be. There's no way we can't look at hospitality and know that it is a massive, massive requirement for disciples. When Jesus looks at his, uh, those that are following him there in Matthew 25 and says, when you gave a drink to someone who was thirsty, you were giving it to me. And w- when you gave something to eat to someone who was hungry, you were giving it to me. That's why you didn't see me, but you were giving it to me, this hospitality. It's interesting, you can't spell the word hospitality without the word hospital. And I don't want to sound like a kitschy preacher or anything, but you can't. You can't be hospitable without having an understanding of what a hospital is about. Someone comes to you because they're in need. And we are called as disciples to meet those needs, whether they're physical, spiritual, emotional. We're called to be stewards. We're called to give. So I really... I really just have three phrases that I kind of want to give you, and if you're taking notes, these are super easy to remember, super easy to write down, and that these will help shape what we're called to be as disciples, as followers of Jesus. And I know some of you who aren't as extroverted as I am, by the time I'm done with this, you're probably going to be in cold sweats, Uh, (laughs) but we'll work through that. What does hospitality look like for you? You have a fantastic community that you're already with, and you can still be hospitable if you're not the person who's... The, the first one on, on the scene for the, the whatever. All right. So here's 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 kind of the first phrase I want to give you. And Brandon's mentioned that. Hospitality is intentional. It, it is something that we set out to do. It is intentional. It doesn't just happen. See, hospitality is intentional because as disciples, as believers, as good neighbors, we're called to act first. Right? And uh, so there's times when I'm, uh, when I was on staff at a church in, in Wisconsin, I would, I would have individuals come in and they're like, man, our, our marriage is kind of rocky. Can you help us out to understand a few things? And, you know, and by the time we're sitting and talking into this counseling moment, you know, uh, well, she says this and he says this and da da da. and I want this to happen. I want this to happen. And you just kind of lay a rock in the middle of the table and said, we're not here to throw stones, but who's going to act first? Who's going to act first? Who's going to be the one going? All right, I don't want to, but if we're going to do something that we haven't done, which is to have a a healthy, productive marriage, somebody's got to act first. Hospitality is intentional. We must act first. Uh, We moved into our house about three years ago this summer, uh, and I, I I wanted to meet our neighbors. I wanted to see who was you know, who we were moving uh, around, you know, when you buy a house, you don't really get to go door to door and interview all your neighbors. Well, what do you do for a living? And will we be good friends and all this? So you kind of move in and you just, man, I hope I made a good choice. So we're, we're, we're moving in. Heather and I are painting the garage. It's uh, the middle of June. It was 2018. It was super hot. So if you come over to my, it was so hot that we painted half the garage and stopped. Because I already went through three t-shirts. She finally gave up and said, I'm not painting this garage. I'm like, okay. So if you come over to my house today, you'll see where we stopped in our garage because it was so hot. And I'm like, ah, it's a garage. We don't need to paint it. (laughs) One of the, half the reasons why we didn't finish the garage is because I spent 45 minutes on a sidewalk meeting one of our neighbors. He came out to get the mail, and I'm the guy that will yell across the street, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, I'm that guy. Like, that's just that's a lot of me. people really
0: run away from me because the big bearded dude. Everybody's <laughs> like, Ooh. I don't know. <laughs>
1: that that's who I am. So I did, and I walked over, and we spent 45 minutes to just getting to know each other because I, I wanted to be hospitable. I wanted to be a good neighbor. I wanted to be able to serve what they what they needed at times when they would need. And three months later, they 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 knew us well enough that they said, "Hey, can you watch?" our six-month-old for the weekend while we go off on this trip. In three months, you're going to ask somebody to watch your six-month-old? Yeah, because hospitality is intentional. We acted first, and now they're considered, I would, I, I, I would consider them a brother and a sister. They are very, very close. In the same way I've been down to that friend that you walked up to, and it's the same thing. Hey, man, I'm just going to leave the sheet up. If I'm not home, and the back door's open, right? We won't give you the address because the back door's open, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's got some good stuff in his house. (laughs) He does. (laughs) But it's an intentional act. It is is something that we do. We act first. We make a motion. It doesn't just happen. We don't sit back and go, boy, I hope I can be hospitable today. It doesn't work that way. We're called to go. We're called to see that need and then to go and meet that need. Here's here's another one. I I, I think this one's really cool. Uh, Hospitality is a culture. It is something that permeates everything that you are a part of, right? Cultural statements. There's a leadership uh, guru that that's been coined, that's coined the phrase that culture eats strategy for breakfast. So in the workforce, you can put out this strategy to have this great uh, 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 a team life and this great work-life balance and ethic with teammates and that we all get along. But if there's not a culture of hospitality... It'll be the worst place you'll ever work, some of the worst places you'll ever work, because hospitality is a culture. It, it is something that we continue to do. There's a few times when I, I look at my kids, and I want to make sure that they, that they know why we're doing this. Um, one of the, I was talking to Eli several, several years ago, and there was somebody who needed uh, something done at their house, and it was probably raking leaves. He was young enough at the time, like, let's go, let's go rake these leaves. He was an older family member in our church, and he's like, Dad, I don't want to go rake leaves. I said, said, Eli, I didn't ask you a question. (laughs) Because I didn't want to ask you a question. It's a culture. The horn men, the horn family goes and serves. So put your shoes on, man. We're going to go serve. When we come back, it was a great time. We 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 had a great time. But it's a culture. It's who we are as disciples, as followers of Jesus. And it takes time to nourish that and to build that. We ask, how can we pray for you? How can I pray for you? That's a culture. I work for an organization that, that above any other creed, credo, vision, statement, whatever, on, on our boards it says we want to be an organi- organization that first and foremost prays. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for me, we want to pray for the kingdom. We're, we want to be a, uh, an, an organization that first and foremost prays because that is our culture. Because we know we do nothing apart from God. Nothing. One of the greatest ways you can ensure someone hears the Bible and that there are people in our world that don't go to sleep tonight without hearing the name of Jesus is to pray. Matthew 9. Read that later. Matthew 9, verse 35 and following. We pray. That's the biggest tactic. That's what we do. A couple weeks ago... I, I was sitting there, and I'm looking down, four or five houses down, and I'm, I see one of my neighbors down there, and over the past few months, he's been out, and I've yelled at his name, and I've waved, and I haven't really got anything back, and he's been over at the house before, and I'm thinking, man, something's wrong, you know, that's this, something's up, you know. Everybody likes me. Who doesn't like me, right? What do you want to come to my house? <laughs> well, it might, be one, there might be one or two. There might be one two. They're just too scared for the beard to come tell me, so. <laughs> I promise I'm a cute, cuddly, you know, teddy bear. So, so I, I looked down and, I'm, and I told Heather, I said, Heather, I'm going to walk down and go say hi. So I go down and say hi, see how it's going. Um, and because of this hospitable culture, because of this, hey, how are you today type of culture that we've created around our family, within 15 minutes, this man's in tears sitting on the back of his trunk because his wife of 15 years just walked out. But he knows I'm going to come and care for him. And so we sat and prayed, People are walking by, hey guys, they're honking because the, they, they know we talk to people, and we're just praying, and just praying that, man, this sucks, but God, you look down in the muck and the mire and the nastiness, and you redeem us and you rescue us. So we prayed for restoration, but it doesn't just happen. It's intentional. It's a culture that we live by. It is what we do. It is what we are defined as, as followers of Jesus. Is this, is this hospitality? Understanding that I am supposed to go and to meet these needs. Now, here's a, here's a third one. I'll, I'll wrap it up. This is super, super easy. Hospitality has a price. Hospitality has a price. And what I mean by that is, is that when we choose to follow Jesus, when we go behind this screen and into the waters of baptism, we give our life to Christ we're clothed with Christ, we come up free from our sin, we are now given a task, right? Some churches see baptism as as a finishing line. Oh man, we've got them dunked, they're good, they're once saved, always saved, we're good. No, that's your starting line. That is your starting line, and your starting line now is you have to learn how to be hospitable, and hospitality comes with a price because Brandon notice when you read that passage and it says when you saw someone who was hungry you gave them food Mm -hmm. that means I no longer own my food I no longer own my clothes I no longer own what I have I am a steward with what God has given me yeah
0: well that's what and I I don't want to break the flow too much but uh so JR and I went to went to college together so we knew each other you know way back and then lost touch for how, 15 years, I don't know, four, whatever. Sure. Anyway, and it's reconnected when they moved to Louisville, and uh, I remember our very first, one of our very first interactions, because we live in our neighborhood, it's, it's a HOA, so there's all these stipulations, you know, where you can park, and you got to, mm-hmm. you know, things you're supposed to do, and uh, one of them is that you're not allowed to leave your garage door open all the time. It's, it's, only for pulling in a car and then like in our neighborhood i I would say like and probably like most neighborhoods people when they come home from work Mm -hmm. you know it's like the bat cave man they open the garage door pull in walk in and shut (laughs) and it just you know goes down behind them and they don't have to talk to anybody they don't Mm -hmm. have to have any weird interactions and like so everybody's kind of like they sit indoors i'm like man people are never outside what in the world (laughs) But, uh, but one th- my very first interaction with JR, he says, hey, what do you know about this HOA nonsense? <laughs> I'm like, well, I know they take our money. And yeah, that's. But, but he said, yeah, he said, I got a letter for leaving my garage door open. And anyway, and I remember you having a conversation with the lady saying, listen, this is really important to my family and I, yeah. we're going to be out in the garage we're going to be out there. We're going to be sitting. We're going to be talking to our neighbors. Yep. And so I need that to be okay. And and nobody could get away with that like JR can. <laughs> you know, if I had
1: said that they'd have said, "Well, we're going to fine you." Yeah, you know? right. Now, JR, they're
0: like, "Yes, sir. That sounds
1: great. No problem, sir." I should have kept that. I should have I should have kept that. It was a violation like, "Oh, sorry, sir. You've had your garage door open too You're many times." That. Jewels I'm in like, your crown. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> but
0: but I think it was interesting, and that's what I what I love about about you and I don't know, maybe you can't really bottle that or, or you know, discuss it like, or how, how to do that. Right. But you guys are so intentional about, I mean, I'll, I'll be up at his house, you know, sitting on the, on the front porch, and you guys are never back porch sitters. Mm-hmm. You're always front porch sitters. And we're sitting there, and anybody that walks by is going to get a hello, a, mm-hmm. how you doing, and try to get them to mm-hmm. try
1: to it, get them to stop. You know, that, so, so two quick things you can do, and, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Two quick things you can do to instantly be hospitable is, is sit out front. Sit out front and just say hi to people. We're ingrained. I mean, we're ingrained to sit there and to walk right by someone and just, you know, have tunnel vision. I shouldn't meet eyes, right? You know, man, when I grew up, everybody waved at each other. Even if it was on one-hand on the steering wheel with a finger, you know. Yeah. Everybody you waved. You hope you get the right finger. Yeah, you get the right finger. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I've you I've heard meet, that other finger a few times. Sometimes you meet those who are not I hospitable. got that finger yesterday. So, <laughs> so sit on the front porch. Sit on the, sit on the front porch. Sit, be, out, be outside. Be outside. Be visible, but, but the, the, the second thing you can do, anytime time when you have someone there, ask a really good question, and there's one good question you can ask that'll continue to form the culture of what it is to be hospitable around your family, and it's this, it says, how's Butch getting along with Butch these days? When you think about it, it's like, oh, well, well, that's a weird question. It's, oh, well, I, well, I'm not getting along well with myself these days. I've had a real hard few days at work. Hmm. Hard few days at work? And you sit and talk because we're, we're there with each other. You know, James 1.27 says, says the, the, the religion that our God sees as pure and faultless is one that takes care of the widows and the orphans in their distress and keeps oneself pure from the world. It's a both and. It's a physical and a spiritual. That we're called to keep ourselves pure and right with God, but we're also called to give out to the forgotten. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just forget about our neighbors and ask them how their day is. So be on your front porch and then ask your neighbors how they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I think is,
0: uh, again two things that i remember is that this isn't an optional thing Mm -mm. this isn't a you know for some people they do but others don't this is for for all Mm -hmm. all christ followers are Mm -hmm. called to this and 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 it's such a big deal that jesus makes the statement when you do this Mm -hmm. you did it for me yes i mean that that's pretty pretty serious but then but i think and maybe it's maybe it's uh you know, the devil trying to get us off mission, knock us off mission, or whatever. But I think for me, immediately the barrier is, again, it's the not enoughs. You know, well, I'm not, I'm not outgoing enough, or I don't have a good enough place, or I don't have this, or I don't have that. And, and, you know, knocking down those walls, I guess, mm-hmm.
1: what, what would you say is the best way to overcome that obstacle? You really do have to act first and realize that your house will never be clean enough to have anyone in your house because ours, ours isn't. I have a, I have a great friend that, that I learned this from her, and I and I, I will continue to give her uh, a contribution for it. But she says, when you come over to my house and you see that it's messy, I look at you and say, I'm sorry, we live here. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, it is what it is. But it, I, I just act first. Don't overestimate the, the, the impact of a cheap pack of hot dogs. Hmm. I mean, we're sitting there the other day, and uh, we have you know at four o'clock, I have to quit work in my basement and walk upstairs because I know there's at least two families out on my front front lawn. Uh, just that's just the way that's just the way it is. Our kids, this is this is the hub, but it's not un, it's not uncommon for us to go. Ah, we're just gonna throw some hot dogs on the grill. You you, you guys want to stick around?
0: And yeah, they do. Yeah, they so, do.
1: It's amazing what people do for free free, free food. food. Free Even free if, if it's a hot dog. <laughs> I mean, if you, leave, if you leave hungry, thirsty, or if your kid hasn't had three popsicles before they left my house, I've done something wrong. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. My kids come
0: home and they're... Sugared, sugared like, up. Like, oh run gosh, home dad. to mom and dad.
1: <laughs> and I look at my
0: kid and be like, don't you eat another popsicle. <laughs> your, your kids come, and his kids come down to my house. See, this is the difference between us. My kids go up to his house. They get popsicles and candy and cake and whatever else. His kids come down to my house. I'm like, hey, guys... Uh, I got some gutters that need clean. Yeah. Hey, here's some Windex. Why don't you help out? Because you, you love to serve. So yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna take advantage of the surf.
1: Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> That's all right. They could they could, they could learn some they can learn some elbow greases and, and they do some, I some need some start sweat equity. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I appreciate you you sharing all that stuff and I hope that you guys have been challenged just a little bit. And and this would be my my big challenge to you today. And if I if I could just give you one thing to say, okay. What do I do with this is I'd like for you to think about two people right now that you maybe you don't even know their name somebody that you see walk past you know on a walk with their dog by your house or somebody at work or I, I don't I don't care but you think about two people that you think man I really would like to show some hospitality to that person two people and do it this week make a point to do it this week and keep it simple Just keep it easy go buy a pack of cheap hot dogs and say, hey, we're grilling out and love to have you come over. Just why don't you come over and, you know, we're just going to hang out outside. It's going to be a beautiful day. Or whatever. Somebody walking by, hey, can I get your name? You know, I, my name's so-and-so and I see you every day. And I just want to say hi. I'd like to get to know, you know, my neighbors. Or ask a good question. You know, whatever that may be. But that, that's my challenge to you is this week, think about those two people. Who are your two? And then take the first step as he talked about. Take that first step. To uh, to just show hospitality, and then know as followers of Jesus, literally, you're doing it for Him. You're, you're doing it for the Lord, and and I have to know that He's going to bless that in mm-hmm. some way. We may not even know this side of heaven, but in some way, I trust that He's going to use that to to bless our lives and the lives of other people. So today, uh, as you leave, we got these cards as we have every week. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I've been getting some feedback. Now, I talked to somebody yesterday, Jr. that was like, yeah, we've been getting those cards. We'll open it and go, (laughs) nope, not talking (laughs) about that today. Mm -mm -mm. So that's not my goal. My goal is not to, like, you know, (laughs) stoke the fire of rage. But, uh, but I hope that it will be a discussion that you guys can, hey, let's, let's talk about who we are as people, whether it's with your spouse, your kids, your friend, or somebody, if you came here by yourself, you call somebody on the phone and say, hey, I got this weird question my preacher asked, and I just wanted to ask this. And just let it be a discussion. Don't let it become awkward or some weird thing, but I hope that it'll bless you a little bit today.
1: JR would you want to pray for us, and we'll be dismissed. Absolutely. Father, thank you for the opportunity just to be able to be here, just to gather, just to open up your word and uh, just to uh, break bread together. Father, as we continue to move forward to figure out what it is to live like a disciple, um, uh, help us to understand where we're making an impact, but also uh, to correct our path and to correct our feet and our hands when we need to be moving toward being more hospitable and more stewarding and giving of what you've allowed us to hold on to while we're here on this earth. So guide us this week, Father God, speak to us, those two people, and exactly what we need to do to learn to be disciples who make disciples and be hospitable to our neighbors. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. and see you next week.